What does it look like to minister to students and parents in this post-pandemic world? Find out in a minute, because it's time. Holy nuclear time bombs! Holy overeating! Holy roller coasters! It's time! It's time! It's time for the Lion Sidekick Podcast! <laughs> Hello, heroes. My name is Tom Pounder, and you are listening to the YM Sidekick Podcast. This is the podcast where ministry leaders come and learn some cool tips and tricks and ideas on how to do ministry more effectively in this very digital and online world. And today we're going to talk about ministering to students and their parents in this post-pandemic world. By now, we all know that the coronavirus has changed things. I, and when I think of that, I think of um, that scene in The Dark Knight uh, where the Joker tells Batman, he's like, you changed things. And it was just like, because of who Batman was, things changed. And because of the coronavirus, things has changed. Ministry has changed. Uh, and we know this. We've been doing ministry in a coronavirus-filled world for over a year now. But the reality is we are entering a new phase where we're entering into a post-pandemic world. Things are opening up. Things are maybe already opened up where you're at. Um, but we're living in a post-pandemic world. And so how do you minister to students and their families more effectively after all the stuff that they've been through? What do you do? Well, I've got my friend Corey Sullivan on today, and we're going to be talking about just that. But before he gets on, I do want to highlight, if you're listening to this uh, on iTunes or Spotify or whatever podcasting platform you listen to, definitely subscribe to it. Uh, go there, hit subscribe. I've got these every other week, and I've got more content at ymsidekick.com. So I would love for you to check out all that information there. All right, well, let's get into the interview right now with Corey Sullivan, talk about ministering to students and parents in a post-pandemic world. All right, with me right now is Corey Sullivan. In live and live in color, in person. Yeah. I need more coffee this morning. Yes, <laughs> we're, we're having a cup of coffee. Corey came to visit, and so he's like, you want a podcast? I'm like, yeah, we haven't podcasted in a while, and instead of doing it via Zoom, we're doing it in person with a cup of coffee. Mm, coffee, cheers. Cheers. Um, Corey, what are you drinking? What coffee are you drinking right now? I don't know. Tom only has like a one cup like Keurig thing, so I don't even know what it is. Yeah, it's a one cup. It's actually, but it's good. It's actually Harris Teeter brand coffee. <laughs> I am I am not a coffee snob. I'll drink any kind of coffee. Corey's more of a coffee snob. I've learned one rule from Tom Pounder, and it's actually a really great rule. Free coffee is good coffee. Free coffee is good coffee. It's always good like that. So, all right, Corey. Well, let's catch up a little bit. You haven't been on the podcast in a while, so. What have you been doing? Living the dream, man. Just You're living, always living the dream. Living That's the dream. always your response, living the dream. Well, I, I got a couple things going on. One is um, I've been a trainer for youth workers to help them engage kids and families um, and help them navigate uh, youth systems, so like mental health and behavior systems and physical health systems, but also um, just my passion for kids and for uh, what that looks like. Just been coaching them through my rally youth um, program and just helping them discover their purpose and their passion and what might be next for them. Also processing some of those um, tough moments that they might be going through. And then also really just partnering with their parents to help equip them and navigate the teenage years, which is often a huge change that they never experienced before. Yeah. 
Um, and that's awesome. And that's actually what we're going to talk about today because you actually did make a transition um, into doing more coaching stuff and working with teens one, one-on-one. And so tell me a little bit about that process. What are you yeah. doing with teens? And, and then also then how does that partner with the parents? So I definitely, it's, it's not counseling um, because one, I'm not a licensed counselor, but two, I was really, <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> but it, it's coaching in the sense that I've been using a lot of just my experience, my background in mental health, my resources and connections in our community to, to help our kids um, and our teenagers um, just develop life plans and next steps. And so it's really just one-on-one. So it's really whatever that kid or that family might be going through. There's sometimes it's, hey, we're in a season of just crisis and there's a lot of just junk happening. How can we navigate this well? Right, and it's helping connect them to professionals. It's help connecting them uh, to the right people. And then sometimes it's, hey, I have a 19-year-old kid that doesn't know what he wants to do for the rest of his life. How do we, how do we figure that out? And just going through different um, personality tests, different programs to kind of figure out, hey, like, what do you enjoy doing? What makes you come alive? And how do we walk uh, with you in that? And, and how has your experience with youth ministry because you've been involved with youth ministry for a long time so how has your experience with that helped you as you're helping parents and you're helping the students well one is knowing that you have to partner with parents to come back if you're ever going to try and help with the youth or the kid you have to have some sort of relationship and rapport with the parents and so really after each you know coaching session or um you know when i'm i'm training you know youth workers it goes back to like how are you working and walking alongside the parents as well, you know, informing them. Uh, I always say like equipping them, you know, how do we equip them to work with their kids better? Cause there's uh, conversation changes, you know, there's tone changes in the house. There's, I always say that the influence of a parent is starting to decline in those teenage years or the influence of other caring adults, their friends is on the incline. Yeah. Right. But it doesn't mean they have no influence and it doesn't mean that they'll have no presence. Um, but it's really important to continue to work with them during those years. Yeah, that's great. And, and again, you know, you're working with the kids and you're helping them process, but you got to keep the, the parents informed. And as a youth worker, you have to keep parents informed too. Again, there is that balance that you ride as a youth worker uh, in general, um, where you want to be a trusted source for students, for the, the, them to share, but then you also have to keep the parents informed. I mean, you're, yeah. you're working with the parents, not against the parents. Yeah. And, and so those are really healthy conversations, especially when it's you have a really good rapport and trust built up with the parents to begin with, to know like that you're not coming this from a spot of like ridicule or judgment or frustration with the parents. You're, in the end, I think your partners with uh, them to help see their kids thrive and see their families thrive. Um, and it can be difficult. Yeah. No, that's true. Okay, so what are you seeing right now with students? Again, you, you talk about you, um, you've got a background stuff on mental health. You're, d- you're doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. So what are you seeing right now with students? I see really two big ones. One of them is just an incline in uh, mental health behaviors, suicide ideation, or suicide risk in a lot of our kids. And um, I think some of it does have to do with COVID and isolation, and it's the break of the rhythms of their life. Um, but some of them are, uh, teens are missing big moments that you would see traditionally in the lives of kids. Mm. Um, and so really just helping kids process emotions and giving them tools to process those emotions, um, going through like mindfulness strategies, um, things like that. Just to say, Hey, what are, what emotions am I feeling? How do I redirect this emotion? What are some things I can do, uh, in the moment to process a little bit more? What are some, we call them, um, 
wellness and recovery action plans? What are some things that just help you maintain your wellness? And what do you need to do, excuse me, every day, every week, every month to really maintain this wellness and this um, feeling that things are going to go well, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I think you just hit on something that's really important. And I think me as a guy, I don't, uh, I think very analytical on some things and I don't get the emotions wrapped up in it. But again, in case you don't know, I have four daughters. I have no, no sons, only daughters. You have me. And I have you, Court. But, but the reality is my, uh, my second uh, child, she is a senior this year and she has gone through a wide range of emotions because she didn't want to miss homecoming. She didn't want to miss prom. She didn't want to miss graduation, in-person graduation, because, you know, of how things ended last year. Yeah. Like, she wasn't able to go. Like, they did a fake homecoming, um, and that was important for her. They went and took pictures. They dressed up and everything, but they didn't have a dance. Uh, prom is going to look a little bit different this year as well. But the the great news for her and what she was just ecstatic about is that she's able to do in-person graduation with the whole entire school, which has just been a new development within the past month for us in our state of Virginia. Um, and so I think the minimizing these missed moments that these kids have been looking forward to their yeah. their entire high school career. And pivot into something, right? right? Like, you know, just having a conversation with that same daughter, they're doing something at school where it's a team-based thing and it's a program for the kids and they're still feeling connected and they're still having fun. And they're still feeling um, what they need to do in that. So I think it's really cool to keep some of those traditional rhythms, those traditional events in some form or another still there. And give them a break from computers. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like, like part, have you guys, we got to go for a walk or do something together. Like, hey, let's go to a rock climbing gym or do something together to get outside of maybe a, a, a rut of Netflix and uh, Zoom. Yeah. No, that's so true. I mean, again, I don't know what other people are experiencing, but I know for me, middle school kids are still engaged with Zoom. They'll still do things if we do a youth program that's Zoom-oriented. Uh, we're doing less and less of those, though. Um, but high school kids, it's like we if we try to do a high school Zoom thing, it's an, it's almost a guaranteed no-show. <laughs> like, yeah. nobody's showing. Yeah. I mean, it's just so different. Okay, so that's one thing that you've noticed. Um, did you share the second thing as well? I don't remember, but I'm going to share it. I, I think a lot of it is, hey, things are still like, um, typical development is still happening, right? Yeah. Things like, hey, what's coming up next? Those big questions that our kids are facing. And so just walking them through those things, I do always do that by like, hey, you know, what are you good at? What do you care about? What do you value? What helps you come alive? Yeah. Um, and then helping them walk through those things. And again, really partnering with, with parents is always the big one is how can you cue them into these moments with yeah. their kids into the rhythms and to know that like what the current status is, whether it's a chaotic status or whether it's an unknown status in the home, isn't this, you know, outlier where no one in America is going through this. Yeah. Right. And almost, um, I don't always love the word, but like almost normalize things to bring a sense of calm. It's like, Hey, there's, there's steps we can take here. There's things that we can do. This isn't, um, a too far gone situation, whatever it might be. Yeah, I th- I think that's right on because I, I think also too, I, again this is not a political commentary. I don't like to do any of that kind of stuff on any of my my platform with why I'm sidekick. But the the reality is that it, it, there's still a lot of bleakness in light. You know, there's still a lot of negative stuff in the news that you hear, especially with the virus and all this other things. And what, what 
I think we have to shift it a little bit to focus on the positives. And like, along with that is our this generation, our teens, are very cause-focused. Yeah. They're very... Well, you said we don't, we're not getting political here. Our kids are getting political. Mm-hmm. They are getting cause-oriented. They are seeing a lot of social justice stuff. Um, and they're willing to say something. Yeah. Where I think generations before may have the feelings in their heart, but it never plays out with you know how they tell other people. Because they yeah. want to avoid a... A conflict of sorts. Yeah. And so I think you're seeing a rise of a generation that cares and wants and, and wants to do something about it. Not yeah. just cares and it's like, oh, we'll see what how it plays out in the end. But really wants to be involved in it. So I think as youth workers, how do you leverage that? Yeah. How do you use that for really good stuff? How do you create systems or processes or events or um, moments to like really allow them to have a voice and share things? Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's really important because um, we've t- we we've been hearing this for a few years now that this generation is very cause oriented. But over the course of the past year, you've seen it escalate to yeah. such a high thing. And we actually did in our youth program, we did a, a service opportunity where we're we're helping a partnering with a community organization uh, to help people with that need furniture that you know had to leave their homes and and start new for various reasons. And we had a tremendous response of students, and they had a great experience. They will step up for those causes. And so it's like, what causes can your youth program orient? Because then again, you're shifting from the negative, oh, you know, I can't do this or that because of this. But to shift to the positive, saying, look what the opportunities you can do and how you can support what's happening in your community. Yeah, and I I totally agree. And it's um, those things in the community, but also just in their day-to-day lives, right? Just giving them and empowering their voice to be heard. So whether it's in a ministry or an organization, like how are you creating systems and structures to allow for youth voice to be heard, whether it's student leadership teams, whether it's having kids lead worship, having kids um, share testimony, what is it that you're allowing kids to speak to one another and share some of that platform? Yeah, that's uh, that's great. Again, it's a it's an interesting time of, that we're in, that we're experiencing, that people will be talking about for years upon years. And I think right now is a great opportunity for us to be speaking in the lives of kids, continue to meet with them as you are partnering with parents, but then give them opportunities to serve and support causes that are happening, especially in your local community. Um, and again, it doesn't have to be political causes. It could be just regular causes of, of helping your community. Kids are going to respond to that, especially if you cast vision of, hey, here's what we're doing. This is the value of what we're doing and see the benefit of what you are doing for other people. So, uh, Corey, as we wrap up, any final thoughts or comments, questions, concerns? I need more coffee this morning. More that's, a, that's a major concern, <laughs> I think. It was morning coffee. Dude wakes up and I'm, we're podcasting. Yeah, but, it's like, hey, we, you know, let's, let's do this. But I think all the things we talk about in terms of um, taking care of ourselves is really important, not just for teens or for parents, but for us as people who are diving in the mix with youth and with those families. You know, from secondhand trauma to guys, take a break. Yeah. You know, no, it's okay. Like, I think some of us have blurred the lines of work and home life. Some of us are still grinding it out like we did when it was, you know, April of 2020, right? And it's it's been a whole year. And I think we need to know that our own wellness is important. Yeah. So walk in that and discover, hey, what can you be doing? I'd say, what do you need to do every day, every week, every month? 
to maintain a level of wellness, whether it's taking a nap or reading a book or going out on a date with your spouse, right? Or like, taking a walk. Or taking a walk, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was funny. This is random, but it's about the taking a walk. They said, uh, I saw a tweet recently about um, writers, your best thing to do is to take a walk. Not just keep on writing, but just go take a walk because that's where your brain gets to process and stuff. And that's why I like taking a walk and even doing runs. It's my brain processes. And it, well, it also changes where like your focus is within your brain, right? Yeah. And it change, that's why I say, hey, change of scenery. It does do a lot of things differently yeah. you know, within your headspace. So that's great. That's great encouragement uh, and great stuff, uh, Corey. Uh, so if people want to connect with you, how, how do they do that? Um, you guys can all go to the website at rallyyouth.com. There's a ton of free resources there we've been using um, to help navigate some of these things with kids as well. And then rally underscore youth on Instagram. Yeah. And while he's on Twitter, don't try to connect with him on Twitter. You can connect with me on Twitter, but not him because you can connect through with me through Tom. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. So that worked. All right, Corey. Thanks, man. All right, guys. Catch you later. All right. So there you have it. My conversation with Corey. It's always great to talk to him in person. We were sitting at my dining room table recording it. So it was just kind of fun to have a cup of coffee and record a podcast at the same time. But what stood out to you uh, from that interview? What what questions do you have? What thoughts do you have? What are you learning as you're ministering to students? Corey's doing this one-on-one with students. I'm learning some things. I'm experiencing it as I highlighted in the interview with my own children. But what are you experiencing? How are you ministering to parents and to students in this post-pandemic world that we're living in? I would love for us to carry on this conversation. So hit me up on Twitter. I'm there and I like to live there. At TA Pounder is my Twitter handle. Or you can simply email me, tom at ymsidekick.com. I would love to talk to you a little bit more about that as we continue this conversation. All right, heroes, well, that wraps it up for another episode of the YM Sidekick Podcast. Again, as always, if you enjoyed it, subscribe to it, as I highlighted earlier in the episode. Subscribe to it and go to ymsidekick.com and get all the content and learn about all the information, including information about the Digital Bootcamp Facebook group. We would love for you to be a part of that and learn some cool digital tools and trends that are happening around the world and how we apply it into our ministry context. So go to ymsidekick.com. All right, heroes, well, thanks so much for joining me, and I will talk to you soon with a whole new podcast. Have a great one.